Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's kind of weird. The next 10, 12 minutes we spend talking is further in advance than I've done with my next guest. And he and I have been doing this for over a decade now. And that's previewing the Kentucky Derby. Because we're sneaking up on September when he and I had talked before it was either late April or early May. This year it's a little later in the season, but it could be just as compelling a story as any other Kentucky Derby year. Here to give us some insight to the run for the Roses, 146th time they'll do it uh, a week from today, is horse trainer from the West Coast and horse handicapper, Mr. Gary Mandela. GM Jody Mack here. How you doing, bud? Uh, doing very well. Thank you, Jody, for having me on. No, thank you. And as I said in your introduction, you and I have been doing this for uh, over a decade now. You've been good enough to come on my show and pick uh, your fair share of winners in doing so. How weird is it that the Kentucky Derby is going to be contested in September rather than the first Saturday in May? It's, it's different <laughs> in, in so many ways. Um, uh, we're looking at diverting from the usual way that you handicap and horses coming out of Gulfstream for the Florida Derby, coming out of Oaklawn for the Arkansas Derby. And now horses are prepping in the Travers for the Kentucky Derby, so you have to analyze what a race at Saratoga means. Uh, horses are prepping at Del Mar for the Kentucky Derby. It, it just simply doesn't get any stranger than this. Uh, not to mention the fact uh, you take some of the psychological buildup out of it in that this is not going to be these horses first race in front of a crowd of a hundred thousand people. It's they're going to be lucky to have 10,000 admitted total and no one without ownership of a horse is going to be allowed. So it's probably not even going to be that. Uh, It's a very different thing. Not the least of which, it is no longer the first time these Colts will have run this distance. A lot of these Colts will have been a mile and a quarter already, and the Travers are... It's just a very, very different feel and situation than it ever has. All right, this is going to sound a lot like uh, backdoor management, and it is. It's it's 
2020 <laughs> hindsight at its finest. Um, they had the chance to run the Kentucky Derby on the first Saturday of May. They chose not to. At the time, the country was different than it is today. It's altogether too similar, but we can't say it's exactly the same. But if they had done so, they would have done so without any patrons there, without any fans being able to attend. They thought there was a good chance or a good enough chance in September that that would be changed. We now know that's not the case. As you just mentioned, if they have five somewhere, maybe between five and 10,000, people in the arena, they're all going to be tied to the horses in some way, shape, or form. There are going to be no paying patrons coming in that day. They could have done this in May. Is anyone, the powers that be at Churchill Downs, looking back and second-guessing themselves? You know, that's probably so, because Churchill Downs is something far more substantial than just the Twin Spires and the home of the Kentucky Derby. It is a massive corporation entangled in a lot of gambling and has a lot of shareholders to please. And by redirecting the Derby, there are probably been some costs associated with it. And now that they can't have any fans, even though they've delayed it by four months, it's probably a net loss for them. And they're probably not by delaying it, they took the chance that they could end up having some fans. Um, you know, as many big sporting events as were canceled going back into May and June, uh, they probably would have been ripped out underneath, you know, like a rug, Jody, to be honest with you. The more I think about it, I, I just don't think it would have ended up going, and it would have been pushed back to September anyway. Um but we, we all in the community and the industry are grateful that they are going to do this without it being a huge profit center for Churchill Downs, the racetrack of the year, the way that it, it usually is. And, and they're going to carry on the tradition. They're going to allow the race to run with the, you know, with the big purse that it demands. And with all the fanfare from the marketing department, everything that's building it up and the TV coverage and everything, um, it is refreshing that, that it's been handled the way that it has. Trainer, handicapper Gary Mandela, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio, looking ahead to next Saturday's Run for the Roses, the Kentucky Derby in September. Uh, Gary, when they do, we'll open up the gates. Chances are we're going to have an odds-on favorite. That has not happened in the Kentucky Derby in 28 years. For those of you who don't understand, odds-on, it's either even money or less than that. Mike Battaglia, the track handicapper at Churchill, said yesterday he believes that Tis the Law is going to go off at at least even money. If he sneaks up to six to five, he'd be surprised and could go off at less than even money. He's earned it with what he's accomplished this year, having won a mile and a quarter race, as you already pointed out, uh, taking the Travers as his prep race for the Kentucky Derby. He has deserved this kind of status. But four to five in a, it's probably going to be close to a 20-horse field. I do want to ask you about that. Should any horse be four to five? You know, this is the one year that I can make an argument that they should. We've seen him go a mile and a quarter before. We have seen more races than we usually three rolls in today. Uh, this horse is more battle than what we're usually dealing with trying to handicap this race. He fits the pace profile of the race. Uh, Jody, as we dive deeper into this, we're going to try and figure out where the pace is coming from. And, you know, boy, has this race changed. 
since they stopped giving points away to the sprinters. And and this year is a rare example of that. I, I don't see a ton of front-end speed in the race. So I do think that Derby and all the history that it has, Baffert, I think his horses are going to be overbet like they usually are and help a Barkley tag-trained horse stay at even money, whereas if Bob Baffert was training to the loss, you might be looking at three to five or even two to five to be perfectly honest. Barkley Tag has already proven he can win the Kentucky Derby, but it was a long time ago. Um, all right, let's talk about the pace of the race. As you mentioned, uh, there, there isn't any one horse who has shown the ability to just go out and go hog wild on the front end. However, the reason why I think they can actually be a pretty damn honest pace up front is, tis the law. Because most horses with their jocks in the gate, getting ready to go, knowing full well they have to beat this horse who doesn't look like he can be beat, may think to themselves, well, my only chance is if I get out and get on the front end and I can slow it down and then I can steal the Kentucky Derby on the lead. Well, everybody believes that. And then the gates open up and they go as fast as they do. And sometimes you get pushed to go faster than you would want to go. Is tis the law's presence enough in this race to justify a pretty damn hot pace at the front? I don't think so because of the particular horses that have the speed in this race. And if you look at the first five favorites, or who I think are going to be the first five favorites in this race, you're looking at, you know, tis the law who doesn't have to have the lead to win, but he's always close early up. Authentic for Bob Baffert straight to the front in this last race. Art Collector for Tom Drury, straight to the front in this last race. Thousand Words for Bob Baffert, straight to the front in this last race. And, and you and I both know Bob Baffert's horses aren't going to change that tactic. So <laughs> the, the main contenders are all going to be there, but they all want to have something when the race is left. If this was the third race at Thistle Down, yeah, I, I, I think they might overdo exactly what you're talking about, and they might set it up for somebody else. But these are four or five of the smartest riders in the world, if not the country. They're on the contenders. They're going to get there, and they're going to put themselves in position, but then they're going to gear down. And they're going to make everybody else have to chase them down when they've got something left in the tank when they turn for home. And that's the position that Mike Smith's going to be on on Honor AP. Is he's going to have to make up ground on those horses, and they may control the pace to where he has a tough time making that much ground if, if he gets shoved back a little bit further than he was the other day at Del Mar. Good point by you that those who are the main contenders, it's Tislaw and then it's everybody else, but there's a good group of everybody else in there. And then there's a drop-off to horses that are in this race because they've either earned their way in or they've got enthusiastic owners who are willing to put up the entry money just to be there in what is now a select group on uh, Kentucky Derby Day at Churchill Downs. Is there anyone in that group maybe doesn't have the speed figures, hasn't had the accomplishment, hasn't earned the money yet that some of the others have that say, well, shoot, if they're all going to worry about each other, I'm just going to go ahead and go. And I may end up finishing 19th out of 19 horses, but I can say my horse was in the front, uh, the lead in the Kentucky Derby for three quarters of a mile or a mile or whenever uh, that speed is finally going to get called on to stop. Is there a horse in that group that 
uh, can hear the race caller and in front in the Kentucky Derby, their horse's name, even if it doesn't lend itself to winning? Not on the front. Uh, I'm not saying there's nobody else that can win the race, uh, especially with, with the kind of trip that you can get with 20 horses going a mile and a quarter. But I, I think no matter what plays out at the break, one of the Baffert horses is going to be on the lead no matter what. Uh, that, that's part of his recipe for winning as many races as he's won in the career that he's had. He understands better than the trainer in the country the value of And, yeah, he's had some horses that could win from off the pace, but he prefers to have his horses up on the lead if they can get there. And I would imagine one of his horses is going to have the lead turn in for home in the Kentucky Derby. And if his horses just aren't up to the task, Art Collector and Tis the Law are going to be right behind him. The way the Travers was run, it wouldn't surprise me if Tis the Law goes into the clubhouse, turn fourth, but by the time they're turning for home, it's already opened up two on the field. That is why he's going to be the odds-on favorite. Gary Mandela handicapping the upcoming Kentucky Derby with us here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, we talk about the California Invaders and uh, Tis the Law. Uh, let me just throw you a couple other horses that, that intrigue me because of the situations they're in. Give me your take on him. King Guillermo was very good, was prepping well back in March when you were on the usual derby trail, won impressively in Tampa, got beaten in the Arkansas Derby by a Baffert stud who is not in this field today and hasn't raced since and is coming up to the Kentucky Derby off months of just workouts, hasn't had a race in forever. We this is another one of the anomalies of the 2020 racing season. Nobody comes into the Kentucky Derby with months off. It doesn't mean it can't work just because nobody's done it in a long time. Is King Guillermo going to remember how to race? Does he have any kind of shot in this field? Oh, he doesn't have to remember how to race. Watching the videos of him train, I think his problem is going to be the opposite. The fact that there won't be a crowd this year probably helps a horse like him. He seems like a very anxious, uh, uh, mind-always-moving-a-thousand-miles-an-hour type horse. And I think that showed in the Arkansas Derby uh, where he, he kind of melted down with a big middle move and then couldn't finish it off and the doll got away from him. Uh, and, and that scares me, especially to see him train and see him as aggressive as he is. I, I, I think that this is a horse... Uh, you know, with an inexperienced rider for, for big races, I could see him being one of the horses that somewhere down the backside, the pressure gets to the rider and he makes up the middle. And maybe forces the hand of uh, those four favorites who are going to be in front of him at the time if, if that happens that way. Because he's talented enough to do that and, and kind of screw up their plans. I, for me, I don't see him hanging around at the end. I, I think he's a horse that's going to settle into being more of a miler and a nice horse, and I give the trainer a lot of credit. If you're going to give a horse four months between races, take him to Churchill, train him there, let him get used to the track, and, and he's been there a while, and he's done exactly that. That that could help offset the four months. But after 150 years of the Kentucky Derby, I'm not going to bet money on a horse that hasn't raced in four months until somebody <laughs> proves they can do it. Once they do, then that's just another wrinkle we're after going to have to put in for future Kentucky Derbies. All right. Uh, Mark Cassie won two of the three legs of the Triple Crown last year, taking the Preakness and the Belmont with two different horses. So we know he can get it done in the Triple Crown. He just did last year. 
I heard about a horse that he had back as a two-year-old, enforceable, who is, even today, when we know what 18, 19, 20 horses are going to be in, I'll argue that he's got the best breeding for running a distance, mile and a quarter or whatever distance they're on top of. He hasn't performed well enough to think he can hit the board in this race. Um, but this is a track where he has been working out and, uh, Cassie, when they uh, pushed the Derby back, specifically targeted him for only the Kentucky Derby, got the qualifying points and got in. He, if they have a fast pace, which you don't necessarily think is coming, I think he can fly and pick up a whole bunch of pieces. But if that's not going to be the pace of the race, do you give this well-bred Mark Cassie horse enforceable any kind of a shot? Uh, I've not known what to make of this horse since he was down in New Orleans for the winter. He's a bit of an enigma to me. He looks like he might be a difficult horse to handle and ride because he's always getting himself into trouble and bad trips, and particularly so wide trips. I almost think he's a horse that just can't have any dirt in his face, and then the riders are always taking him five, six, seven wide on the turns and failing the geometry class and leaving him just way too much to do. And that was certainly the case in his prep race at Bluegrass. Uh, where the, the trip just didn't do him any favors whatsoever. You know, Joe, one of the factors of this year's derby that we haven't gotten to yet is instead of having the 20 best riders in the United States, each with a mount and going to make the best decision possible, enforceable kind of comes into this limelight that because of the quarantine rules that different states have and jockeys, being restricted on what they can travel and, and the quarantine that they'll have to do if they, if they are going to travel. You know, you're going to have a handful of the best riders in the world, but, I mean, you're not going to have Flavia Pratt here, Jose or Rad Ortiz, Javier Cassiano, and some guys like Adam Bishiza, who's going to ride enforceable, I believe, are going to get some chances. And these are lesser riders that haven't even ridden in Breeders' Cup races, really, let alone uh, Kentucky Derbies, or at least not very many of them. So we don't know how battle-tested they are. So you've got a horse who's a little bit of a head case, prone to giving himself bad trips, an inexperienced rider for the moment. I agree with everything you said about Mark Cassie, but there's some red flags with this horse. But at the same time, if you want to look at the glasses being half full instead of half empty, those bad trips are legit excuses. He could have run much better in a few of these races if he wasn't seven wide on every turn, if he didn't get away from the gate a step more. Um, and if things happen to go better for him at Churchill the first Saturday in September, then, you know, on raw talent, could he end up hitting the board at least for, you know, helping your trifecta out? Sure. I, I, I'm not going to look at it that way. But if it happens, you're going to go back and look through his PPs are going, yeah, well, this horse did have a bunch of bad trips, and today he had a perfect trip, so that makes sense. Yeah, if I bet him it's going to be because of his breeding, not because of any excuses that he would have had. I'm uh, not sure. His breeding, it, 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 I mean, how many, what do we got, a son of uh, Boundary uh, has won the Derby? I mean, it, you have to be, used to have to be bred a certain way to be a factor in the Derby for sure. But starting about 1990, I think, I mean, you could really steal the importance of that tail off. And and we've had some fairly obscurely bred derby winners the, the last few years. War Emblem, another glaring example of that. Uh, it's, it's not as important as it used to be, for sure. Okay.
Okay. Fair enough. Gary Mandel, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, one more uh, horse that I want to ask you about, then we'll ask you to make your selections for us. Storm the Court won last year's Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and for a long period of time, it was the worst thing for a potential Kentucky Derby winner was to win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. We've had a couple that have actually won the biggest races a two-year-old and then come back and won the biggest races a three-year-old over the last decade, but it still is a not great percentage. But, hey, you win a grade one uh, race as a two-year-old, you've already kind of set your career. This horse has done nothing and prepped for this by running on grass. And I thought for sure they were going to pass on it, but every indication is because they've qualified for it, they're going to take their shot. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Is Storm the Court got any kind of a chance? Go glass half empty, glass half full on Storm the Court for me. Glass half empty? He couldn't even win the Ohio Derby at Bristol Dale. So how can he be good enough to win the Kentucky Derby? Sorry. A lot of people involved with Storm the Court are my friends. I apologize. If you can't win at Thistle Downs, you can't win the Rose. Glass half full. This horse on his day is very talented. Even his third in the San Felipe at Santa Anita behind Authentic and Honor AP is a pretty decent race. That, that, that race holds up. He's okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh, interesting, interesting that Julian Leferu gets on him, and might they have a drastic change in tactics, drag this horse way back and make one run, kind of the way Julian Leferu has a knack to do, and might that work as the glass half full way of looking at it. All right, fair enough. Um, two ways you can look at this Kentucky Derby. Either you think Tis the Law is just that much better than everybody else and you have to figure out who's going to run behind him in trifectas and superfectas, or you're going to take your shot and say, if he's four to five, I'm getting other horses I like at inflated numbers just because Tis the Law has taken as much money as he is. Tell us which way you're looking at it. Is it Tis the Law and I'm going to figure out these behind? Or are you going to try and beat him, and if so, with who? I'm going to try and beat him betting-wise, even though my my head tells me he's the best horse in the race, and I can't even begin to tell you how much respect I have for Barkley Tag and the horseman and the class gentleman and the human being. But even if he does float up to even money, six to five, I'm going to try and beat him with honor AP. The way this horse has been training here at Del Mar has, has sucked me. This horse has really turned the corner. You know, John Sheriffs, when he won his derby with Giacomo, that horse ran a huge race early in his three-year-old year, and John just saved him. He kept running him. He kept getting him experience, but he never tightened all the screws on him, and he kept just giving him prep races, and that's part of why he went off at 50-1. to 1. But then right before the derby, you could see the way he was training. He turned the corner, and he went into the derby perfect, and John had him tuned to the And I think he's done the same thing with Honoré. I, I like that Mike Smith knows this horse as well as he does. I think he's absolutely going to love the distance. I think on raw ability, he's as good as Tiz the Law, who is obviously head and shoulders better than anybody on these coast. But he hasn't seen Honoré P yet, and a lot of us, I don't think, have seen Honoré P at his best. And I do think we're going to see it on Saturday, a week from now, and He's going to be probably in the five to one range. He's the one that's going to get my money. 
fair enough. And if he, uh, I, I don't know if anyone else is going to be five one. I think you believe he'll be second choice. You think our collect will be second choice? You know, I think they'll be co-second choice because I okay. think Mike Smith will draw some fan money in all the way that Bob Baffert's name does. And, you know, Art Collector, as great as he is, and I am not knocking the keys or his race at all, but Tom Drury's an unknown, even though he's a great guy. And, you know, so we just don't have that flashy thing to get the people who don't buy the racing form three or four times a week like you and I do that are going to bet him. That, you know, Bob Baffert and Honor AP are going to take some of the some of the fan money people who are just betting once in a while. And on Derby Day, that adds up, and it becomes a factor. So I, I, I do think you're going to have to worry about getting better than 5-1 to one on Honor AP. Gary, great stuff. Glad to hear you're doing well and staying safe out there in Cali. Uh, enjoy watching and if wagering, hopefully uh, successfully next week on the Derby. Uh, we'll do it again next year. Don't know if it's going to be May or September or somewhere oh. in between, but we'll certainly talk between now and then. Uh, thanks for hopping on with me tonight. Perfect. Anytime, Jody. It's always a lot of fun. My pleasure. Gary Mandela, one of the best horse handicappers I know, a uh, very good trainer in his own right out in California. His father, Richard, a Hall of Fame trainer. Uh, so he the apple hasn't fallen very far from the tree. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.